You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. to the Hoisty Colors podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Igo. Big recruiting news thus far this week for the East Carolina football team as they have now picked up three transfers as we sit here early Thursday afternoon. Of course, last night being Wednesday night, a huge day for the defensive side of the football. All three transfers thus far coming on the defensive side of the football that have announced their commitments. Of course, we had cornerback Tamir Brown earlier in the week. And also, the Pirates add two FCS all-conference linebackers and B.J. Davis from South Carolina State and Taekwon King from North Carolina A&T. Now, we'll go through all three of these guys, what they bring to the table, and dive into some of the numbers, especially with King and Davis, who have both played a lot of football, albeit at the FCS level, but have a lot of experience versus a guy like Tamir Brown, who was a higher recruited athlete coming out of high school, did not play as much at a school like North Carolina, and now will be looking for his opportunity with the Pirates. Three years of eligibility remaining for Tymere, two for King, and one for Davis. So we'll get into all those guys here in a bit. That will be the focus of this podcast. Uh, Quick note on, I was supposed to catch up with Cliff Goblin on Tuesday. We had to end up postponing that at least until next week, maybe further. He had something come up out of his control, really, and um, had to postpone it. We both hated doing it, but it was definitely for the best and really no other way to do it. Um, But we will look at getting him on the podcast here soon, as soon as possible, once he is is back in his office doing his thing. So we'll keep you updated there. But, man, it's it's been kind of a quiet week in terms of team coverage, game coverage, but if you're into recruiting, as many of you who are probably listening to this podcast are, and if you're not, this is the time of year to get into it. You know, I'm as busy as ever, despite no games going on, just with all the recruiting coverage. If you're not a VIP subscriber on hoistacolors.net, can't recommend it enough this time of year. We've got updates all, really all throughout the day and all throughout the month on where the coaches are on the road, what top prospects they're visiting, who's the top target, where guys trending, that sort of stuff. We'll continue to have VIP posts, even if we're not tweeting them out or posting them to the front page of hoistacolors.net. We're always on the board dropping VIP nuggets throughout the day. That's really where a lot of our VIP subscription membership 
uh, tidbits come from. So if you're not active on the boards, if you're not refreshing at least every hour or so, can't recommend that enough. If you're not a VIP member yet, check us out, hoistacolors.net. 50% off right now, and you also get free access to Paramount Plus right away, which is not something that is typically offered for uh, a special subscription offer. This is a deal that Paramount Plus, which is now the parent company of CBS, uh, is offering through 24-7 Sports. So check that out, hoistacolors.net. You can find links to that all on our front page. As signing day comes, I think this deal will run through early January, at least late this month. So jump on it if you haven't already. We're well over 1,300 subscribers. Hoist the Colors continues to grow. I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, I put out on social media last week, I've re-upped with 24-7 Sports. We have our, our contracts that we negotiate, renegotiate every few years. Uh, got a, another deal done with 24-7 Sports. We've been with 24-7 ever since we got into the subscription side of things. Of course, started Hoist the Colors in 2010 as a student at ECU and now here in 20 uh and then 2012 joined 24 7 sports started uh with the subscription model and have continued on ever since 10 years with 24 7 sports still going strong uh somebody had asked me if if they wanted or they wanted me to do kind of a history of the company hoist the colors podcast that's something i'm looking at doing probably in the summer and when we have a little bit more downtime and I plan to get a, you know, a number of interns, uh, former contributors on the site during that, just so we can kind of go over how much HTC has grown. But too much going on right now on Hoist the Colors. And so let's get into some of this recruiting news again. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter podcast, but just wanted to get up here, give you guys an update. And if there are any more big developments throughout the weekend leading into signing day, we'll have another podcast early next week on what to expect going into signing day. Things are changing by the hour. This time of of year, so definitely check us out on the boards. We'll always have active updates there, but want to try to get a few podcasts in before signing day as well. So uh, we'll focus on the transfers here in a second. I do want to say there's at least one official visit coming to uh, Greenville, North Carolina this weekend. Just before signing day, the Pirates have a, a, a kip, a guy who's committed to Toledo, a defensive back, he's coming in for an official visit uh, from Georgia. So we'll see what happens there. Um, leaning towards perhaps submitting a crystal ball in favor of the Pirates for him. Again, we got more inside n- information on his name. The Pirates are also recruiting a teammate of his. And so ECU looking to potentially flip both of those commitments heading into signing day. So that's a story to monitor as we get closer to next Wednesday, December 21st. Also, Antoine Jackson, the four-star Miami commitment, continues to be engaged with East Carolina coaches and personnel. He is going to visit Miami this weekend. He is committed to Miami, but I continue to hear there's a there's a chance that he will uh, end up flipping and signing with ECU. Now, I've been doing this a long time, and I will say if Antoine Jackson actually flips his commitment and signs with East Carolina as a a guy from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, committed to the U, if he flips that commitment to sign with ECU, it will be pretty unprecedented. Uh, as far as coverage, he would be the highest-rated commitment in East Carolina program history. It would be a major story. I continue to be told there's a chance uh, I've talked with guys from the Miami site. They seem to to not really know 
what Antoine Jackson's going to do. He's kind of keeping to himself. He's not doing any interviews. But again, the fact that he is visiting Miami this weekend and, you know, so many people from that area, they're Miami fans. So he's going to feel the pressure to stay home and go to Miami. As we've talked about, his girlfriend signed to play basketball for the women's team at ECU. That's clearly a factor. But he's also been uh, engaging with ECU coaches, building those relationships. This would not just be a girlfriend decision if he comes to East Carolina. So obviously if he ends up somehow signing with ECU, it'll be a major, major story on signing day. So we'll see how things unfold there. I personally, if I had to put a, uh, you know, if I had to put money on it, I would, I would pick Jackson to stick with Miami, but keep your eye on it for sure. Heading into the weekend and heading into Wednesday, we should have a pretty good feel for sure. Once the, the recruiting period closes and the dead period arrives, which will be on Monday, uh, heading into that Wednesday signing period, because then you can't meet with prospects anymore. Guys have pretty much made up their mind at that point. There are a number of other guys who are still on the board who were, were following uh, on 24-7 sports. Kamari McKinley, a safety from Lakeland, Florida. I've submitted a crystal ball pick for ECU uh, to land him. I, I feel good about that. He's playing in the state championship game this weekend. We've got some other guys we're monitoring as well, some of the transfers who have been visiting uh, as well. So we'll continue to see how things unfold in the coming days. Let's talk about these transfers. And the one big thing in common with each of these guys is they all are going to have a major impact on ECU's past coverage. And we all know going into the offseason, and still we got the Birmingham Bowl to play, so we're not technically in the offseason yet, but we're in the postseason slash offseason. Coaches are recruiting for next year, and the one main thing when they looked at defense was, hey, we have to address our ability to cover people. They also want to address pass rush as well. I still think that's a work in progress. Sometimes finding linebackers and corners are easier than finding defensive linemen or outside linebackers who can consistently rush the passer. And ECU has found a way to upgrade its talent and its length on the defensive side of the ball. First with Tamir Brown, very athletic cornerback. Yes, he has not played at North Carolina a whole lot, but has clear speed, Clear length, he's an upgrade in terms of height and length for compared to the ECU cornerbacks who are getting the majority of the snaps now. I think he's got as much raw talent as, the, as those guys, as always. A lot of it will be mindset, physicality, work ethic. When Tamir gets uh, enrolled in January, which will be in January, he will be an early enrollee. So that's a factor. He'll go through spring ball, start to learn the defense. I think he's got the tools to become a really good player in time, but he's going to have to come in here and prove it. But I like that addition. He's an Eastern North Carolina kid from Jacksonville. I think part of him feels like he's now where he needs to be. After two years at UNC, he's back home near the East Coast at ECU. I think he's going to uh, potentially thrive in this environment. I think he feels comfortable here. Maybe he didn't feel as comfortable at UNC, which led him to the portal after a couple of years there. So we'll see how Tamir Brown fits in, but definitely an upgrade at corner. I've also heard ECU's poking around with Dontavius Nash, the uh, North Carolina safety transfer. He was in the same class with Brown. He's 6'3", 180. He projects more as a safety, but he would be another guy who's a former major recruit, former four-star, who wants to go somewhere where he can potentially play. So keep an eye on Dontavius Nash's name. 
he is originally from um, Gastonia, North Carolina. So another in-state kid, former big-time recruit. And ECU needs to get faster. They need to get longer in the secondary. And I think Tamir Brown does that. I think addition of Nash or somebody similar would also do that. Uh, the Pirates uh, are still recruiting other DBs as well. Uh, looking to add to that defensive backfield, Devon Martin, uh, Utah State commit, Juco uh, product from Tyler College. He's still on the board. We've also seen Caleb Ford DeMint, the Washington State corner, visit as well. So a lot of guys out there. We mentioned McKinley. He's got pretty good length. The guy coming in from Georgia who's a Toledo commit, he's got good length. So they are clearly looking to get longer on the defensive side of the ball. And when you struggle to cover because of lack of length, it leads to more open windows. Uh, it leads to easier, in theory, you know, guys can separate from players who who don't have that length. Uh, typically, a little bit easier because those guys struggle to to smaller DBs can get pushed around a little bit. They don't have the length uh, to grab, to push, to be as physical in, in certain spots. So it can be an issue, and I think the Pirates are addressing that, and they're certainly addressing that at linebacker. You look at the mold of player the Pirates have been playing with, especially with Xavier Smith and Chance Bates and Miles Berry. Miles had some pretty good length to him, but definitely Xavier Smith and Chance Bates were more of the stocky, uh, shorter linebackers, whereas the two guys they just had committed, Taekwon King from North Carolina A&T and B.J. Davis, are both of the longer, more lean variety. And I don't know if both these guys will be every-down players at ECU unless they add some weight, but certainly where they do upgrade things immediately upon stepping into the room is their pass coverage abilities. And if you look at ECU's numbers per pro football focus this past year, the five worst players against the pass in 2022 were all linebackers. And that has led to a lot of issues for this defense. They have not been able to cover over the middle. Certainly covering on the outside has been an issue at times as well, but they have been exploited by opposing slot receivers, opposing tight ends, uh, cross routes, uh, in routes, anything over the middle has just been exposed against this defense. And a lot of it comes down to they've got more run-stopping linebackers first. And now some of this is scheme-related, but a lot of it, too, is personnel. You've got more guys who thrive at playing downhill more so than uh, backpedaling or getting in the passing lanes. And, you know, the toughest thing is, yeah, ideally you'd like to find a linebacker who's 6'2", 230, long, can run, can stop the pass, can stop the run, do it all. But those guys, they play in the NFL. I think East Carolina is, is taking a smart approach here, and they're trying to find, all right, these linebackers, maybe they stop the pass pretty well. Maybe we can help them versus the run. But they already have the length and the attributes to excel in coverage. B.J. Davis this past year for South Carolina State, 80.2 coverage grade for the Bulldogs. That would have been the highest coverage grade of any player at East Carolina this past season. The only guy really close to him was Malik Fleming. He had a 78.8 coverage grade at corner for the Pirates this year. Uh, B.J. Davis had five picks. He allowed only 58% of passes his way completed for 180 yards. For a linebacker, that's extremely good. Uh, he also rushed the passer well. 
On 31 blitzes from his linebacker position, he generated 15 pressures, including three sacks, three hits on the quarterback, and nine hurries. And he had over 90 tackles for his senior year at South Carolina State. He's played 2,262 defensive snaps with the Bulldogs, and I get it. Look, playing in the MEAC and playing at South Carolina State, you know, how will these grades translate to the FBS level? That's a legitimate question. Whereas ECU players are playing against guys who are better, more athletic, bigger, stronger, faster in many cases. But with the way the portal is now, everybody has players. And and there's still quality football in the MEAC. South Carolina State in 2021, when B.J. Davis was a star middle linebacker for the Bulldogs, they beat Jackson State. They beat Deion Sanders in the Celebration Bowl to win the HBCU National Championship. So it's not like South Carolina State doesn't have players. And we're talking about a guy who was in the running for the MEAC Defensive Player of the Year. He can cover the pass. If there's one area where he does need to clean things up, it's his tackling technique. He has graded out about average or below average in tackling the last few years. Run defense metrics the last couple years were not great. He was better against the run earlier in his career. Uh, And something that was brought to my attention, I was watching an interview with BJ. He kind of admitted he's had a hand injury the past few years that's kind of bothered him. And I don't know if that's something that will have to be taken care of surgically or if it's just something he's going to have to play through. But it bothered him last year. He had to play through it. And then early this year, he also had to play through it. So that could have affected his tackling numbers, his run defense numbers. But as far as his pass coverage, He'll be a definite upgrade. He likely will slot in at the wheel linebacker spot, which is where Miles Berry will play. Of course, Miles Berry, Xavier Smith, Chance Bates, all three guys who have kind of played those two inside linebacker spots, they're moving on, and ECU's got to find a way to replace them. And clearly a, a quick fix is going to be uh, a guy like B.J. Davis. Only one year left, but I think definitely a, a quality addition and uh, a guy who can help the Pirates right away. You know, I've heard some people complain about his, his weight. He's listed at 6'2", 190. And yes, 190 is light for an inside linebacker. I do think he can add weight at East Carolina. Uh, the Pirates now pretty much have a training table, or at least kind of a training table. He's going to have better resources at ECU as opposed to South Carolina State. He's getting in in January. I think he'll be able to hit the, the nutrition um, and hopefully get up to 200, 210. But either way... He's long, he's athletic, and I think he'll help ECU. Even if he's not an every-down linebacker, hey, put him in on second and long, third and long, and let him go out there and do what he does best. If you watch some of his tape, I mean, there are a lot of plays where guys look open behind him, quarterback stays in the pocket, tries to fit it over his head, and he's just so long and athletic, he jumps up and leaps up and takes the pass right out of the air. And ECU just has not had that capability at linebacker. So I think he's going to be a guy in zone coverage who will excel uh, dropping back into passing lanes. As far as Taekwon King, he will reunite with AC running back Nemo Squire. Uh, he's a former Dillon High School product. He's played two years for the Aggies. And so you've got some familiarity there uh, with, with Squire. He also played in the Shrine Bowl with guys like Mason Garcia, Xavier McIver. Rajay Harris, so he felt very comfortable in his visit. Extremely well-spoken young man, enjoyed my interview with him. I think Pirate fans are really going to love him. Um, he was a consistent player for the Aggies this past season, stepped into a full-time role after playing a part-time starting role 
as a freshman in 2021. He graded out above average in nine of the uh, of the or excuse me eight of the eleven games, which is really good for a linebacker where they're asked to do so much. He graded out above average in every single category: run defense, tackling, pass rush coverage. Another guy who went sent on blitzes. 37 pass rush attempts, 13 pressures generated, had over 90 tackles, uh, only missed 10 stops for a strong coverage grade, or a strong uh, tackling grade, excuse me. His coverage grade was 72.1 as he allowed just 182 yards uh, through the air. As he, and he played some man, he played some zone, and I think he's the guy who, as he gets more into ECU's defense, which the last few years especially has played a good amount of zone, I think he's going to really fit in more so than when he's asked to play man. Uh, he, he's he's athletic, but he's more of a guy who's going to use his length and and he's pretty strong for a six three guy. You know, listed at two fifteen, I think he can get into the two twenty two twenty five range with uh, continued development. Again, has only played two years of college ball, has two years left, and just uh, high high football IQ, really smart player. So I think he's going to really help ECU's linebacker room. And I just like both these guys, their experience. They both seem well-spoken, have a good head on their shoulders. And you look at the ECU linebacker room going forward, not only do you add these two guys, but you're going to get Zakai Barker, a freshman who I thought had a chance to to compete last year. He's going to be back. He'll go through spring ball. Uh, Another guy with an extremely high football IQ for a young player. He just hasn't played. And so you don't want to go into next year with a – a freshman coming off an injury and expect him to step into a starter role, but I think he's a guy who will contend for playing time in the immediate future. You've got Taylor Jackson, who's been in the program now three years. He's been playing Will linebacker. You got two kind of different players there. Now Will with with Jackson and B.J. Davis. Jackson uh, is athletic, but a little bigger, maybe better against the run, uh, but can drop back and do some coverage things. And then you also got Jacoby Simpson, former TCU transfer, who's more of a bigger, you know, squattier linebacker at 250, around six foot. So you've got different linebackers now. Zakai Barker also on the shorter side, but more of a a run-stopper, downhill-type guy. So you've got different types of linebackers you can complement with each other, whereas previously maybe you did not have that the past few years under Blake Carroll's defensive scheme. So I, I like what the staff is doing here. You know, would it be nice to go out and get a guy who's, again, a dominant all-around, all-American caliber linebacker? Yes, but, you know, you got to be realistic with your your needs um, and how to fill those needs. And I think both these guys, with their experience, their length, and the fact that they're going to be able to get in in January, hit the ground running, go through spring ball, I think they're all great additions. So still a number of transfers out there, but those are the ones who are officially committed. One to watch going into the weekend, Daquan Felton, the Norfolk State receiver transfer. He visited ECU earlier this uh, this this month. I think he's still a top target for the Pirates, and coach and staff is going to visit him uh, tonight, actually, and has a chance to maybe get his commitment heading into next week's signing day. He's also considering SMU and Virginia Tech, but he would be a number one caliber receiver you plug in for the loss of Isaiah Winstead, who's also a former Norfolk State Spartan, and just like Felton was recruited by current tight ends coach and inside receivers coach Latrell Scott. So uh, Jaquan Felton, a name to watch going forward, and there are others as well, 
and we'll continue to bring you that info on hoistacolors.net. That'll do it for this edition of the Hoist the Colors podcast. Just wanted to give you guys an update on what these three transfer commitments mean. As always, we'll have continued coverage. Any breaking news, stay tuned to our social media feeds. And, of course, hoistacolors.net will have all of your coverage covered on HTC. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next time. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.